0: or from... in the morning. We
1: Welcome to another episode of Director's Showcase. I'm B-Movie Paul. And I'm Phantom Dark Dave. This week, as we continue David Cronenberg month, we will be taking a look at it, one of Cronenberg's most infamous films, Scanners, from 1989. So, Dave, what did you think of Scanners from 1989?
0: Do you want my honest opinion? As honest as you can get. It was a hell of a lot better than Videodrome.
1: I well, this is <laughs> one I think I disagree with you with. I, I actually liked Videodrome better. I you know, for his most his most um well known film, I really wasn't as impressed with this one as I thought I was going to be.
0: Yeah, I I didn't know what to expect. I mean, kinda like you, I knew that whenever david cronenberg pops up everybody's like oh have you seen scanners and i'm like no but i need to so I, I was looking forward to watching it and so i watched it just last night so i can have a fresh opinion on it and i know this one came out before videodrome but i felt like it was a little better due to the acting in the movie i know that videodrome was a lot more grotesque um but you know, I mean, because, you know, the hand reaching into the stomach and pulling out the gun. I mean, yeah, you know, but oh, yeah. this one here, um, I think David Cronenberg was very smart. He really didn't try to trick his audience. He kind of let his actors just play the role. And Michael Ironside is like the ultimate bad guy in this movie.
1: Oh, uh, He was great. He was by far the best part of this film. Like in all the in all the performances, this was really the only one that I personally felt stood out.
0: Yeah, I mean, um yeah, <laughs> the wicked haircut it reminds me of the Shining, uh, Jack Nicholson. If you put them side by side, that would be pretty cool looking <laughs> photo. Maybe but maybe. um yeah, and nineteen eighty one. That's close to Shining, right? That's eighty you know, something like that. Yeah, pretty much. But um, I like the way the movie starts out. It 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 doesn't start out slow. You know, you're in this mall and this guy just comes walking in and he's dressed kind of, kind of hobo-ish, right? Not, not too bad, but definitely some ragged clothes. And he looks like he's kind of beaten. He goes in there and he starts scavenging off like leftover food on the tables. It's kind of gross. And you know, some people kind of make eyes at him and are talking under their breath. And that's when you notice, Oh, he must be a scanner. Cause he's starting to look at them and he's, Doing some weird movements, and all of a sudden, this lady's having a seizure, you know. And so then you realize people in suits are chasing them down. You're like, oh, okay. So instantly, it's been five minutes, and I get it. Scanners, they want them dead, <laughs> or they want to take them out, or they want to kidnap them. Basically, if you're a scanner, you're on the run. So that explains why he looks so down and out. Um, so the doctor in this movie's name is Dr. Paul Ruth. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, something
1: um, like that.
0: He's awesome because he he doesn't want to just capture the scanner. He wants to help him and he wants to confide in him because the lead kind of bad guy in this movie is a scanner. Excuse me, and he he's just like ultimate bad guy in this, right? He's so corrupt. Uh, his name is Daryl. Is it Revik? Revik? I don't know.
1: I think it was Revik. Yeah.
0: Revik. I mean, what a cool name, right? Oh yeah. Revik. I think I think I would ditch the whole Daryl. I'd just be known as Revik. It's like
1: badass, like a Russian name or something like that.
0: Yeah, but um, so long story short, the, what really does it is Revik doesn't really know where um, our main character, whose name was Cameron Vell, he doesn't know where he is. And so Cameron Vell has the ability to kind of, how do you say this? Like harness his ability, you know, to be, to try to control it. And um, you know, one thing about a scanner is whether they can control it or not. All of them have a very short like temperament. And um, I just loved the whole training him. They they brought in like um, was that guy like a monk? You know, he was trying to hypnotize and teach him how to you know get somewhere else in his mind. And of course, that backfires. But um, you quickly see that. Cameron Vale, if 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 he was to go bad, he would be just as bad as the Michael Ironside character. And um, so, throughout the movie, you get a lot of really cool effects. But Paul, I've said a lot. Why don't you take what is perhaps the greatest scene in the movie and tell people what they get in the very beginning? All
1: right. Well, the greatest scene in this film is also one of the most iconic. Like it, it you can find it on YouTube easily, but. Um, at one point, the main villain ha- like, accidentally makes this guy's head explode, and it's really cool. It's, um, it's kind of, like, it looks a little cheesy, like, nowadays, but, like, just the way it happens and how abrupt it was was really pretty awesome.
0: There is nothing cheesy about Practical Fricks, friend. That is awesome.
1: <laughs> the only thing is, you can see his head, and then you see like the change where it like it kind of goes away, and then you see the explosion, <laughs> and it's it's really. Ha- had I been watching this at the time it was made, I would have been more blown away. But y- you can definitely see like the change when they remove it, move the body from like I um I, a model body and all that. But it, it's still pretty cool. It's still a good scene
0: yeah no i mean uh, you can definitely tell right but i tell you when i you know because i hadn't seen it before so when i'm watching it i'm like oh is is this gonna be the scene we're like not even 20 minutes in, or you know around 20 we're, this movie's still barely in the beginning are they about to do that and i thought it was a genius move because so many times you have to wait for the end to get kind of where they spent the money on the practical effects. And I think David Cronenberg was really smart to do this because he he basically captured the audience and people wanted to see, whoa, what else is gonna happen? Is, there, is it gonna happen again?
1: Pretty much, yeah. I thought that was kinda cool. Like it was definitely a good idea doing it in the beginning. It kinda reminded me of Psycho where he they kill off the main um the quote unquote protagonist in the first like forty minutes of the film
0: yeah definitely and i really liked the uh the guy who played cameron Vale too I, i know i had read there was a little bit of animosity on the set between some of the actors and stuff but maybe they put that to good use in the film because it was very convincing um on who was after who and um you know there was a few scenes right where you could tell, like, 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 for instance. So, there's a scene where they're in this. It's almost like a warehouse, right? It's, but it's where this guy's living, and he's trying to talk to another scanner because he's trying to find where the bad guy is, and he's getting no information out of him. Then all of a sudden, all these people, they're like hunting scanners. They show up, and so, you know, one guy gets blown away. But then our main character, he's hiding at first, and he realizes. I'm either going to get shot or I need to go ahead and do the thing I'm not supposed to do and use my scanning ability to hurt these people. And, man, people start flying around that warehouse. It's really cool. I, you know, I kind of wish I could do that. I don't know what I would do. But, I mean, that would, maybe I would just make stuff float to me so I could be lazy. That would be cool. But you could tell in some of the scenes that, like, you know people were being yanked on cabling or something, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was pretty, pretty cool. I
1: enjoy, I enjoy scenes like that. Yeah. It does bring me to like one of the things I thought was weird about this is um at one point the I forget what the woman's name is in this um she's uh, the main female protagonist they um she's under an investigation and the gu- the um investigators like saying ah, she's she's not she's not listed in on anything and she's not really like a um a scanner or something like that and you know he she ends up using like uh, her scanner powers to like push them away and all that but we had already seen her do that before so it's not really an intense scene like we knew she was a scanner like i thought that was really yeah, weird
0: because we saw her like in the museum right in the beginning yeah, she like, art.
1: yeah she like screams yeah. and like knocks these guys away or something like that
0: oh doubt wasn't that a weird scene where they're like kind of huddled around the table like i think they're sitting on the floor and there's this weird little like spinning candle dome thing yeah uh, i mean it's kind of cool it looks like one of those things like kids have in the room and it puts shapes on the ceiling <laughs> it was like oh my word, god that's where like, it, okay, it came yeah. from david Cronobo created it it'll be a patent yeah i looked her up by the way so her name's kim it's like a basic name oh kim of course it was kim <laughs> why not right yeah no why not? know why? kim she's so crazy but um you know something that was cool was you're you're trying to figure out like where do the scanners come from and i get they're hazardous to people like they could cause mass destruction so people are afraid of that and they they don't want people they don't want to have to worry about that but then you find out more into the story that that doctors you know are erecting new scanners through the what is it through a drug right yeah it
1: was they were um they were giving it to uh, pregnant women to try to make uh, more scanners and i thought that was real interesting how the um the group that he thought he could trust were they were they weren't trying to kill scanners they were trying to manufacture more of them which was probably just going to cause more problems so it was definitely a unique thing to um
0: add to the story i thought i think it was a good thing though i you know uh sometimes I like things to be left to the imagination. And sometimes I feel like I, an explanation is due. And in this film, I, I liked it because it was a simple explanation and it let me just kind of take it and receive it how I wanted it to. Um, <laughs> that sounds funny. I shouldn't say, but uh, I just, man, I think, I think the reason I really liked it more than Videodrome is this movie did a really good job at pacing itself and building you up to a climatic ending, right? Like, it started good, it carried it throughout, and it finished good. So, Paul, why don't you tell the audience? First, I'll say spoiler, okay, Um, but 1981, hopefully this one's in your bag. If not, I'm just going to tell you, there's more to the story. Why does Michael Ironside's character want to find this other scanner so much? Paul, can you reveal that? Uh, to reveal the big twist, it turns out it's actually his brother,
1: and the doctor was their father. Which, um, just. I mean, it's definitely a, um, a soap opera drama twist, but it kind of worked for this. Like, I mean, we knew they were both scanners, so it made sense that they would have some kind of connection, but I. I mean, I wasn't. It's definitely no Luke, I am your father moment, but it was um, it was a decent twist, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was watching it, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, you said it was like a soap opera twist. I'll tell you, man, if like Days of Our Lives had scanners in it, I'd probably check it out. Yeah, I think
1: a lot of this could use more people's heads exploding. So.
0: Yeah, and again, man, I will. Even though you could see the cut scene. You know, they, they took this like they they modeled it and they filled it up with latex and fake blood and I think I read dog food and leftover just a whole bunch of random things and they just shot it with a 12 gauge shotgun Man I will take that over a mouse click and drag any day. Oh
1: yeah that, that that's pretty awesome in and of itself. And I have to mention the last scene of the well, the second to last scene in this. There's a big fight between the two psychics and it is just awesome. Like their um, their flesh is like tearing and like the one guy um, catches on fire and it, it's just a great scene. It's um, it was really entertaining and just really, really cool.
0: Yeah, it's it quickly reminds you in case you forgot that you were watching a David Cronenberg film and I loved it too because you just see their veins kind of bulging but the veins are kind of like crawling over their face and then welts are kind of forming and like little pus pockets I mean it's very gross but it's done in kind of a tasteful way because it, it doesn't mask the whole face it kind of like slowly forms and crawl I don't know how they did it really with the time, because nowadays that would be all computer graphic and it would make sense. Like you can animate it that I get how that works, but for this to like the veins to bulge and crawl over and then have like the blood spewing and you know the actors thinking, Oh God, it's in my eyes. It just went in my mouth, you know, but I gotta keep a straight face and you know, their eyes are going pale white. It it reminded me of like a banjo duo. It was like dim I mean it was Pretty cool, but uh, in the end, there there can only be one, right, Paul? Oh yeah, it was um,
1: yeah, kind of ended on a cliffhanger, which I wasn't. I mean, not a cliffhanger, but a um, where you're not really sure what happened because um, after the fight's over, the um, the villain, you see like you see who you think is the um the, the protagonist of the film, but it's actually the villain, but the protagonist is in the villain's body maybe we're not it's never confirmed so it's like who actually won we're never gonna know
0: and of course kim walks in and she just kind of stares and screams and she doesn't know what to do
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not really sure i'd know what to do in that situation so i i can't really blame her too much
0: yeah and i just double checked on that head explosion in the beginning it's 13 minutes into the film, so if you start this movie and you're like, eh, at least make it 15 minutes so you can see the entire thing that we're talking about. It's funny, if you go to YouTube and you try to look up the trailer for this movie, this trailer is the head explosion scene. I hate when they do that, but for this movie, it does set up kind of the intensity of the film, so it works.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I definitely thought that... Um that was a great scene. The ending was a great scene. But I do have to say a lot of his, a lot of there was a big scene which went on for a long time where he's using his psychic powers to destroy this giant computer system, which um, I guess they were using to um, was, it, was it to track the um, scanners or something like that or to, or to um, something to do with um, creating more scanners. And I thought it was weird because the doctor in the beginning specifically says that the scanning uh, power comes from the ability to interact with somebody else's, um, um, what's it called, um, uh, nervous system. Well, a computer doesn't exactly have a nervous system like that, so I thought it was just really odd. I mean, they might have explained more of that, but I missed it. I just thought, like, of all the, um, the head explosions, the battle at the end, like... Why are we just watching a machine blow up? I was I was a bit disappointed with that one. I wanted more like people exploiting and not machines.
0: Yeah, well, you're right, and you're kind of not right because a machine having a nervous system. Yeah, that sounds dumb. So you're right, but then I say you're not right because I'm pretty sure he said this computer has a nervous system. So, I mean, he said it has to be true, right, Paul?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, how exactly is this, a like, computer nervous system? I mean, I guess it's got wires and everything, but a computer can't right. really think of the same, but I don't know, I'm, I'm overthinking It's it,
0: weird, but. isn't it? But you know what? I didn't know this until today. I, I was doing more research. We talked about how it's like a cliffhanger ending, and there's things that we didn't really understand all the way through. Yeah. Maybe it's explained in Scanners Part 2. I didn't even know there was a scanner Spurt, too. There's three. There's
1: three of these films, (laughs) yes. Well, I'm definitely going to have to
0: check those out. Maybe we'll see some more exploding heads. I hope so, (laughs) at least. Yeah. But I say we we go ahead and tell people what we think about it, and I'll let you go first. Since you did not like it as much as Videodrome, what do you give this film?
1: I gave this one a 6.5 out of 10.
0: That's still good. Yeah, so for me, I gave Videodrome a 5.5, 5, so I will give Scanners a gracious, even 7.
1: Nice, yeah, we're pretty close in that one, so, yeah. Yeah, considering how, f- how infamous this f- film is, I was just expecting it to be a bit more intense, and overall, like, except for the beginning of the where the guy's head explodes in the final act, which was amazing, it just seemed kind of tame overall like maybe that's because it came out like so long ago but still i don't know i was just expecting just because of how infamous it was to be a bit more intense and i kind of wanted a little bit more of it to be a little more i love the story to be a little more coherent and it's a little soap opery at the end where it's like i'm your brother and this doctor was your father so i mean it's still great there are some really great scenes and well, I might not get my highest recommendation. I definitely recommend it to anyone who wants to see a, a just a general good sci-fi horror film.
0: Yeah, and you know it's about an hour and forty minutes, which kind of puts it on the. This might be longer than I want to spend, but I noticed you know once I checked to see how far along the movie had gone on i had already invested 40 minutes into it and at that point there was only an hour left so for me i felt like the pacing was just fine but it definitely is um has a lot of scenes that are mostly drama in it
1: yeah i will say um to give it two more things i did like about it was um i liked how when you first get introduced to the main character well the second time after he's um not homeless and like you know being weird in front of um, re- in front of restaurants you find out he's really mentally disturbed he's like schizophrenic he like because con- he constantly hears voices he's like um, his powers have basically like driven him kind of insane he's kind of seeing him like this is not a guy they, they would have picked for a mission normally but they had no other choice and I, I kind of thought that was interesting it's the way they, expli- they um, make it that these psychic powers really are a curse because it really messes with your mind i thought that was really a unique idea and i thought that was really well developed also and this is going to sound kind of weird but there's a really great philip k dick book called *Ubik*, which is about a um an organization of psychics and basically they um it's somehow that ha- somehow time starts going backwards and they're trying to figure out how using their psychic powers and everything and it's a really good book but it, this film kind of reminded me of that so i'm a huge um fan of philip k dick so um anything that's similar to that um i gotta give it credit for that
0: i can honestly say i've never read anything you're talking about but you make it sound cool
1: oh yeah if you've ever seen um blade runner or um or um let's see other there are lots of other um Philip K. Dick um books made into films and everything. I know I'll all think right. of like all the other ones later, but um <laughs> Oh a Scanner Darkly, that was a really good film too, also based off one of his films. It's Minor- got Scanner
0: yeah. in the title.
1: And Minority Report
0: was too, so I mean You know, that's totally believable. Like out of all the titles you said, I think about the like the intelligent level in those storylines and it's just like Yep, those t- could easily be written by all the same person <laughs> Oh yeah, whenever
1: you see a see a science fiction that's kind of like abnormal but really intelligent It was probably written by Philip K. Dick
0: Interesting.
1: He was, he, He's a legend in science fiction I'm more of a Ray Bradbury kind of guy Oh yeah, those are great too And H.P. Lovecraft Yeah.
0: Can't go so, wrong either way Paul, correct me if I'm wrong But we only have one more week left, right? For David Cronenberg? Indeed,
1: we are coming to the end of David Cronenberg month. And we decided that for the last week of David Cronenberg month, we will be reviewing a lesser known film by him called Rabid. Um, It's not one of his more well-known ones, but from what I can tell, it's supposed to be really violent and... It's from uh, 1977, and it's a Canadian-American film, so good for them. Yeah, I
0: felt like the first three that we just did, everybody knows a lot about, right? So in looking at a final fourth film that we at least get to talk about, I, I wanted to go with something that people may not know, so maybe we could actually recommend it to them or keep them from it, depending how it goes, but also... This movie's got an awesome looking poster oh yeah oh it actually uh what is that i got it pulled up here it says uh <laughs> you can't trust your mother your best friend the neighbor next door one minute they're perfectly normal the next rabbit pray it doesn't happen to you <laughs> i'm like cool <laughs>
1: sounds like um like the crazies or like some kind of zombie film yeah, uh, yeah exactly so if i mean dude it's from the 70s it's got to be good right of course i mean yeah it should be interesting if this is like um cronenberg's uh, attempt at making a zombie film it's gonna be interesting or something similar to a zombie film i mean for all i know it could be completely different but eh, who knows
0: so I guess with that being said we've we've given our uh, our votes we've explained what we're doing next month that about brings this review to a wrap but I won't wrap
1: all right, if you enjoyed this review, you can check out all our other episodes of Director Showcase along with uh, our other shows at our website bmoviebros.com. Keep up to date with us by liking our Facebook page at facebook.com-bmoviebros or follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. You can follow David Hit and his mini projects at his Twitter at phantomdarkdave or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. Thanks again for j- listening and have a great night and see you next week. Yeah. Get over it. I'm still in